You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 237 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm good. I'm excited about this week's topic, which is how to create the perfect portrait in seven simple steps. Love it. But mm. before we get onto that, what have you been doing in the world of photography or even not in the world of photography, quite frankly? <laughs> well, I've just been uh, in the Gold Community Facebook group, Val, and uh, chatting th with the members there and helping them plan their photo shoots and uh, quote on jobs. I, I, and you know what? I was just thinking about how accessible, how different the world is today for a photographer learning compared to 30 years ago when oh, I was learning. Oh, my God. I, yeah. I, like, and I think we forget how good it is today and how oh, accessible everyone is. Like, Valerie, if you wanted to find a mentor, you know, back when you were starting your writing career, you had to get the phone book, look up. You didn't even know probably you might have had. I didn't know any writers. You, exactly. Yeah. And then you had to find them and then you yeah. had to call them, like pick up the phone <laughs> And hope that they might answer and then introduce yourself and then try and work out a way to meet them. And now, like anyone, anyone that you want to meet online, you can find them online, even if it's uh, athletes or artists or actors and you get to see into their world. And it's mm. so, so different. But even if you don't need to find them, you just want to learn stuff, yeah. you know, and it doesn't necessarily matter that you're looking for a particular person. I remember when I was first wanting to learn photography, I had books potentially that I could either buy or get from the library. Or if I wanted to do a course, they were few and far between. I had to wait for the course to roll around and they might have only been held two or three times a year or whatever, and they were never near anywhere that I lived. So I would have to travel to go to the course. And it was, you know, a big investment, but uh, that's fine. So I'd pay. And yeah, it's great that I, and I definitely learned stuff, but it was so much harder to be able to get that kind of teaching compared to being able to learn online now and being able to talk to so many other photographers. There were actually very few people in my world at the time, only, you know, a couple who were into photography and they were into yeah. different types of photography than I was interested in anyway. Um, so, yeah, it was just it, – and it was just so much harder in, in – it was just sounding so old actually, Gina, now that I'm <laughs> saying all this. But it was so, so much harder because – 
if you were learning black and white photography, you needed to access a dark room. Yep. You needed to understand the entire process. You need to be taught the entire process. And then if you wanted to develop your own, develop and print your own film, you had to hire the dark room and stuff like that. It was, it was harder. Time and effort and uh, an expense too, because if you were starting a photography studio, the biggest single expense uh, above the cameras was setting up that dark room. And it was always yeah. like the bane of my life in the first couple of studios that I set up was like the plumbing. Plumbing, mm. I kind of wished I had a plumber in my life. I kind yeah. of still do, you know. Okay. Because it's probably the single biggest investment you'll have in your house as well because you're not going to get a plumber in the door for under a few hundred, well, $1,000 for anything that a plumber fixes, mm. you know? Mm. Yeah. It, it's it's a whole new world now, Gina. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's fair. And even like the support groups as well that exist like now if you want to buy a camera and you're researching mm. you can just go into that specific brand will have a support group and you can post in there hey i'm thinking of getting this particular model what lens should i get with it which is what i did in one of the fuji support groups i did a shout out in there i said yeah. hey i'm looking at this this particular fuji mirrorless what lenses should i buy and 50 responses detailed wow. it's fantastic. fantastic it's so That's good great. yeah it's brilliant <laughs> anyway we want to so hey everyone if you're learning photography and you're a newbie you there is no better time than to be learning photography because you have so many resources at your disposable uh, not disposable <laughs> so many resources at your disposal and one of the things that I think Gina does really well is curate what you need to learn because as a teacher, she's fantastic. You know, I was very lucky to meet Gina a long time ago and she's taught me so much about photography and what's very exciting is that she's teaching everyone else as well. But before we move on to how she's teaching them, uh, we want to give a big shout out to by Penny Stevens, that's the username, by Penny Stevens, <laughs> presumably that means Penny Stevens, who kindly, kindly left us a review on iTunes entitled, Thank You, Thank You. Now, by Penny Stevens says, I'd call this synchronicity, discovering a podcast by women on photography made in Australia that's actually been around for years. So I can happily binge while I'm driving around between jobs, thinking about and planning on my on taking my business to the next level sean tucker romero so inspiring julia coddington fascinating and jeff brown wow so many useful tips better than bathing in a pool of nutella <laughs> <laughs> thank you both so much and oh the joy of having so many unlistened pod uh, episodes up my sleeve Wow, thank you so much, by Penny Stevens. That's thank really you. awesome. Really appreciate you taking the time to leave us that review. It's just fantastic. It really means a lot to us. And um, if anyone else has 30 seconds to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, we'd really be grateful because it certainly helps us in the rankings. Now, one of the ways that Gina helps um, the wider community through to in, in terms of learning about photography explained in a way that is just so accessible and easy to understand. You know, Gina doesn't try and bamboozle you with 
overly technical scientific terms. Um, it's and, and you it, and it's such a great explanation and yet achieves such such fantastic results is through the gold community. And if you want to find out a little bit more about the gold community, have a listen to this. Hey guys, are you an enthusiast or pro photographer who wants to take their photography to the next level? I'd love the opportunity to work with you and I want to introduce you to my gold community. The gold community is an educational resource where members get access to photography courses and regular tutorials. There's over 200 tutorials with more being added each month. In these tutorials, I take you on set with me and I share my thought process behind scouting locations, posing and directing models, lighting and post-production. You get to see the entire shoot from start to finish, from surface in Sri Lanka using a single speed light to character portraits on the streets of Sicily using daylight or high-end studio shoots where I share all my posing and connecting hacks. There's also regular photo critiques, monthly live calls and heaps more. As a member, you'll also have access to my exclusive Facebook group and online forum where you'll be able to connect with other members from all over the world. So what are you waiting for? Join the Gold community today and start taking the kind of photos you've always dreamed of. You can check it out at ginamilitia.com. So there you go, the gold community, and we love all of the awesome people in the gold community. So what else have you been doing, Gina, lately? Well, I have been busy, busy working on a new course for everyone. And uh, Oh, wow, cool. What I wanted to create was a course all about headshots and everything – Although I've got to think of a good name for it, you know, you know the court, you know what I'd lo- love to name it, but I just what, can't. What? What? Oh, what? Gina? How to give good headshot, Val? It's just such a great name for a course, don't you think? Yes, great name. <laughs> I think that's what we should call it. You reckon? I yep. dare you, Val. Yeah. I dare you? Yeah. I dare you? <laughs> but. Uh, headshots or profile images, uh, there's so much more in it. And I know there's heaps of info out there on how to set up a light, light the shot and, you know, all the different lighting styles and daylight and using flash and things like that. But I'm really going into the thought process that goes on behind what happens when I take a headshot and there's much more to it than just getting the lighting right. There's a whole lot of psychology behind it, a lot of which we're going to talk about in today's episode, Val. I'm going to do a deep dive into uh, the thought process behind creating the perfect portrait. But, uh, you know, so it's not just how but why you pose in a certain way or light Mm. in a certain way or direct Mm. in a certain way. And it goes uh, right into – so you could be a a beginner who's starting out and isn't quite ready to embrace lighting yet as in using flash, but you can still take great headshots using daylight. But I'm going to show you how to find that fantastic 
light that you need. And more importantly, uh, I think the X factor in a good portrait, the ones that makes your portrait stand out from every, everyone else's is that X factor. And that is mm. the way that you talk to people. And you can't give – I can't – I would love to just develop a script that worked for everyone, but it's not the case Mm, because everyone is different. And so you need to learn how to identify who the person is that's in front of you and what the best way to approach that person is. So there's a number of Mm. uh, in-depth tutorials that we go from start to finish where you'll see me uh, engaging with different personality types and what I say and how I say it to, you know, draw out shy people or overcome uh, perceived flaws that they might have and everyone is different. So I go in depth into all of that. I talk about everything from why you choose a particular background over a certain background and going over what it is that your photos are saying, the best background choices, composition, so important and uh, even more so now that we've got our images out there online and you're competing with so many other images, what you need to know uh, to understand to make your images pop from all the other images and then also comes down to how to edit those images properly and how to cull. So you've shot a lot of images. How do you pick the best one? What do you look yeah. for? So it's it's a real deep dive in how to give good headshot, Val. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're not childish or anything. Not so- at all. If you want to make sure that you're notified when uh, Gina's new course is available, make sure you are subscribed to her awesome newsletter. So just go to GinaMilitia.com and sign up to her newsletter. That's M-I-L-I-C-I-A. And uh, you'll be one of the first to know. And trust me, it's always better to be one of the first to know because uh, that's when you get some of the best surprises in the courses that Gina releases. Right. So let's move on to this week's topic, how to create the perfect portrait in seven simple steps. Where do we start on this, Gina? All right. So, Val, there's a couple of ways that you can take a great portrait. All right. So the first way, and I think many would argue that this is probably the best or the most authentic style is uh, the portrait that's taken by chance, you know, so it's just, it's just that candid moment. So I think the beauty of this kind of portrait is that at the right angle, in the right light, at the right moment, everyone looks incredible. And I think everyone has had the experience where someone has taken a photo of them at just that right, just everything, the the universe delivers that photo and it's a gift. Everything is just right in that moment. You're in the right frame of mind. Your head's at the right angle. You've got that beautiful, and you, we all love those photos. And I think everyone, everyone has had the experience where they've taken that kind of photo of someone else. Yeah. Okay. The problem with this style of photography is it's not all of that all that efficient. You actually need well, to you never know when well, if you're going to get the goods. Exactly. So you need to take a lot of images before you get a good one. So um 
sometimes depending on what you define as good, uh, it could be one in every thousand images that you take. All right. So my definition of a good portrait is it it tells a story about the person that I'm photographing without having to use any words. So within that portrait, there's all these little visual cues that you can look at that image and say, all right, this person is, and particularly if you're using these portraits uh, in the corporate sector or to, you know, sell sell someone, sell a um, an idea or a business, right, you want to have those little visual cues that help tell the story. So, oh, um, yes. yeah, so I believe that the most efficient way to do this is to manufacture it. And by following a few simple steps, I've got seven today, uh, you'll be able to create the portrait in the exact way rather than leaving it to chance or saying, oh, oh, this looks all right over here, which is, I think, how we all start out. But I think you can be more deliberate and um, by just taking these few simple steps, you can actually end up nailing the kind of portrait that you've always wanted to get. Okay, cool. So where do we start? All right, so step one, this is the most important. You really need to decide what it is that you're trying to say. So what kind of portrait are you creating and what are you trying to say? Is it a candid? Yeah, what do you mean? So oh, is, okay, go, now you go on. All right, is it a candid image that you're trying to document or preserve a moment in time. So it could be that you're there, that the portrait is about someone celebrating their birthday and you're going to capture that moment. So that comes more into that first category where it's more you're documenting something, all right? So that's not really what we're talking about today. Is it a commercial portrait so you're trying to sell a personal brand so that might come into the category when I did your last lot of headshots Val I'm sell- yeah. selling Valerie Koo the brand all right okay. and yeah. so I'm selling Valerie Koo the artist and the curator so it was really important that everything in that photo that I took of you said something about you in a way that was more about the creative side of Valerie Koo, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or it could be uh, a lifestyle portrait uh, and and that's used to sell an emotion. So maybe it's about uh, that when people look at that image they're going to have a reaction where they feel joy or 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 fear or something like that so are you trying to capture an emotion so I think by defining exactly what you're trying to say before you shoot you can then focus on how exactly you're going to shoot it okay that kind of makes sense because sometimes you're doing a headshot for you know um business purposes sometimes mm. you're doing it for because you want to express what's in your career sometimes you're doing a headshot for actors and yes. they, that has a very specific requirement so that you know you you show um uh what they they what they need to convey in a headshot sometimes you're doing a headshot because you really want to send a photo to your grandmother exactly you know? uh, um, or it could be or whatever Jan, who works in the passport office, is yes. taking headshots that show 
exactly how that person looks without emotion because I still don't think you're allowed to smile in your passport photo. Is that correct? I believe that to be the case. Although I think you're allowed, I do smile at border security when I cross it into, I do, I smile at all those photos. It just, I think, I think it's just a good idea. So that again, that passport photo is used to identify you. All right. Which is different to a headshot where you're selling uh, a a brand. All right. So knowing that we've worked out that this is what we're trying to say. You can then take step two and decide on how you are going to say it. Now I've got a case study for you, Val. Okay. All right. Brad is a chiropractor. Okay. And he needs a new headshot for his website. Now let's have a think about it. What is Brad trying to say or convey with his headshot? So let's talk about what Brad does. With let, let, He's let's, a chiropractor. Okay, so let's uh, help define that. So what 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 do chiropractors do? They help you reduce back pain. So they're like in a caring yeah. profession or they're in a health, you know, yeah. um, profession. So let's say Brad helps people heal back pain or neck pain. Without surgery, that's what chiropractors do, right? Okay. Okay. So what qualities does Brad need to convey in his image? He needs to look trustworthy. Yes. What else? He needs to look not 12 years old. Yes. Because, Because, you know, you want to go to somebody with experience. Experience. So you don't want him to look too young. You want... You, you don't want him to look like he's running a business, as in like a, as in like you don't want him to be wearing a suit. To, because you want him to look caring, not yeah. cold and clinical. So you want him to have maybe some warmth. Yes. And caring, experienced, trustworthy, professional. What characteristics don't you want in a chiropractor? Unfriendly. Mm. Um. You don't want him you, – you want him to look like he's enjoying it. You don't want him to, you know, look um, miserable or anything. <laughs> what about arrogant? You wouldn't want, an, a, a, you know, no. someone that was – or too maybe aloof or perhaps you don't want him to have that characteristic that he's a risk taker. Yes. Okay. You want him to look approachable. Approachable, open, honest. So you don't want to create a headshot that makes him look brash, arrogant, cool, aloof, or a risk taker, all right? Yeah. All right, so once we know that, we work at, we can then work out the best ways to convey this using little subtle visual cues in the image. So let's, uh, let's just work in extremes here, Val, to set the picture. So imagine if Brad rocks up to his photo shoot and he's wearing a leather jacket and a T-shirt. At first glance, what does leather jacket say to you? Like a leather biker jacket. <laughs> um, it says you uh, you want to be a T-bird in Greece. <laughs> <laughs> so when I see leather jacket on someone, yeah. I kind of think, oh, he rides a bike. And then I think okay. he's a bike rider, therefore he's a risk taker. Okay. All right. So, or he, or he wants to be in Greece. Or he wants to be in Greece. So, <laughs> when I see leather jacket 
someone wearing a leather jacket in a headshot, it doesn't immediately go to a caring medical profession, even though there are probably many who work in the medical profession and ride a bike who are also caring and professional, right? But I'm yeah. talking about this visual cue. I don't know Brad from a bar of soap and I need to look at his image and I need to find all these subtle visual cues in that image that are going to tell me all the things that we listed when we gave the examples, warmth, caring, empathy, okay? To me, leather jacket doesn't do that. So that's an example of these visual cues and you need to be really careful when you pick that. What if Brad is in a tuxedo? What does that say? Um, that he's off so being a socialite instead of being a chiropractor. Yeah, yeah. So I look at that as like he's, uh, you know, party, p- playboy. It doesn't really, again, say caring, warmth and all of that. So it, yeah. neither of these outfits say caring medical profession at first glance. All right, so what if we place Brad in a, say, a light blue shirt? Um, I think that that is the right direction mm. because, uh, you know, blue is associated with healthcare. Yeah. If, you know, without necessarily being scrubs. Yep. So it's, um, it's not too brash. It's fairly inoffensive. Yeah. And it's a calming color. Yeah. So, and, and also blue is a good color. It's worn, it shows authority, it's honesty and trustworthy. So, that that blue shirt is is a good direction. What if that was a blue denim shirt? Um, it depends on the demographic, <laughs> because if, for example, he was a chiropractor in this in the CBD, yeah. in the middle of town in downtown, you would probably stick with a blue shirt that's not denim. Yeah. But if you were living in my area, which is a beach area, that's a bit more casual people go to the supermarket in their bikinis um i think a blue denim shirt would be fine do you go to the supermarket in your bikini bell i do not (laughs) (laughs) but many other people do Um, all right so you can see how important wardrobe is even in a profile image or a portrait or yeah, a headshot, right? You can totally. see how important it is. So, ju- And just those tiny, tiny little things, you can break them down. So it's important. It's like visual cues. So really think about what that person is wearing um, and, and what signal that is sending to the viewer of the portrait. All right, third step, Val. Yeah. Choose the right background. So the backdrop, what's behind the portrait, is another opportunity to give subtle visual cues to support what you're saying with Brad. So we've picked the blue shirt. Now we need a background that actually supports. It doesn't fight or give uh, mixed signals. So, um, And that is so important. So firstly, a background that's got too much detail or it's too bright or the wrong colour is going to take attention away from the hero of the shot, which is Brad. So a mistake I see a lot of people make is they'll make the wrong background choice or they'll choose a background that's too busy. Now, 
you can think about like you can shoot on location. So say if you're still at the stage where you're learning to light with daylight, it's perfectly fine to light a headshot with daylight. So the obvious choice for a lot of people is to go outside to a park. All right. And so what we're talking about, a park, it sounds like a great idea to with a health professional. I think it's a good match. Green, nature, you know, a good match. The problem with choosing, say, a trees as a backdrop is if you take that portrait and you're focusing on Brad and then you make the background super clear, it's not out of focus, it's highly detailed, that background is going to fight with Brad for attention because there's a lot going on in the portrait now. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah definitely. All right. But what if you did it so that there was a good depth of field so that the trees in the background are essentially just a blurry green? Then suddenly that makes a really good backdrop for Brad. All right. So, right. but but again, uh, you got to make sure that it's uh, sending the right message. Now, I want to give an example of how the wrong location can send a, com- a confusing message. So, uh Imagine if we took a photo of Brad who like we he wants to, he also wants to be seen as successful. I think every business person wants to be perceived as successful, right? And so mm-hmm. Brad's been up late at night watching a lot of uh of those uh entrepreneur videos where you see the guy who uh have you noticed there's a lot of those uh, videos where you see the guy will pull up in his yellow Lamborghini and he's on yes, location in Vegas. Yes. So Brad's like, I want to pose in front of my Lamborghini and I want to do the shoot in Vegas. So if we had Brad in the blue shirt in front of his yellow Lamborghini in Vegas, what does that say? It's saying that he's busy being in Vegas and not helping his patients. Well, yeah, it kind of like on the one hand, the sports car does is a good little visual cue to say someone is successful, but it's kind of the and then coupled with Vegas, you kind of think, oh, he's a bit of a gambler. Yeah, which is kind of then you think, oh, he's he's a risk taker as well, and uh, and so it doesn't again that it's not subtle enough, and it doesn't say to me caring medical professional. Right? Mm. So you can see, I mean, that's an extreme example, but often these little visual cues, you, you need to be, uh, ha- think carefully about what it is you're going to have in the background. All right? So how about a location where you've got the interior of Brad's offices? So it might be a, a blue or white or a green interior. Uh, and they're often uh, colour schemes associated with health and wellness. I think that's got a much that sends a much clearer message. the The interior of an office says professional, and you can throw that out of focus, and suddenly you've got Brad in his beautiful blue shirt in his office, which says caring medical professional. Yeah, for sure. All right. So yep, good one. Next step you want to do is add details to support your story. So these are little minor details to help reinforce Brad's message. So 
if he's a, like a medical professional, you might want to have maybe uh, something medical in the background. So like maybe not a stethoscope and maybe an extreme example of those, you know, the little hammers that they click your knee with, they hit you on the knee. The chiropractors right. do that to test your reflexes. Yes. Or there might be, have you ever had that done to you? Um, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or, or maybe uh, you know uh, a skeleton in the background, or like a hospital bed, or something like that, or a, a massage table, or something like that. Something that is next level, little visual cue in the background that says medical professional. So, yeah, do you get where I'm sure. going? Yes, definitely. Okay, definitely. so again, another extreme example. So. If Brad was creating his Tinder profile and he wanted to show prospective partners that he was successful, healthy, well-traveled, a bit wild and caring, then you would go with the Vegas backdrop and the Lamborghini and you'd have him maybe in a T-shirt and you'd have that T-shirt a size too small because it's going to show off his well-toned abs. So... In one image, you've managed to 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 show that uh, he's a guy for his Tinder profile, not for his medical profile. He's a guy that 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 has all those qualities. He's successful, healthy, well travelled, a bit wild, and caring. Yes. All right. Okay. <laughs> and if you want to add extra likability to that image, a good trick for Anyone who's listening, uh, who's creating their Tinder profile, hold a puppy. <laughs> yeah. Because what that does is it adds, it, it shows a softer, more caring side. And interestingly enough, I've heard this a few times now on um, interviews with actors and they have all said that when they're playing something like, say, a psychopath, mm. right? In a in a movie, uh, what often the director introduces to give that character a bit more depth is there might be a couple of scenes where the psychopath is patting his dog or feeding his dog or is somehow yeah. connected to his dog because it yeah. shows another side, so that then um, the audience who are following this character. Uh, it, it adds likability because if he just went around and was just a psychopath, then you immediately don't like him. But the fact that the dog is introduced, mm. instant likability. So you you can't actually have every profile pic where you've got your person holding a dog, but it does work in some in some um, instances. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> All right. Step four lighting okay so this is super important and we've done a lot of uh podcast episodes on finding good lighting and even how to use artificial light but basically what you want to do is uh, if you're a beginner and you're using natural light you want to look for directional daylight so it's either a window where the light is streaming in uh, and or you want to find garage lighting Valerie you're so good at this can you describe garage lighting (laughs) 
So garage lighting is the best thing ever and Gina taught it to me and it's named because uh, you can often find it when you're in the doorway of a garage, but you don't have to be in a garage. You could be anywhere. I do it, for example, on the terrace near my work. So it's called garage lighting because when you stand just in the inside of the garage where you're covered by you know, shade, but in front of you is the concrete or the driveway or, you know, whatever. Um, And the sun shines on the concrete, but it reflects back onto your face, even though you're in the shade. So you're in the shade, but the sun is out. It's reflecting onto the concrete in front of you and then back on your face and you look like a million dollars. The key is if you don't have um, a garage, for example, just find somewhere where you're in in the shade, but in front of you, the sun can reflect on something on the ground. And let's say there's grass on the ground. If you, the, the, it's not really reflecting because the grass is green, put, as Gina explained to me, put a towel on the ground, like a white towel, right. not a black towel. Mm. Put a white towel on the ground and the sun will reflect off the towel onto your face as long as you're in the shady bit. Exactly. That was very good, Val. That's so... Directional lighting, and that's probably the easiest and the most beautiful lighting to use for a headshot. And the other thing that you want to do to take this next level, you want to try and set yourself apart from anyone who's got an iPhone or anyone who is an amateur in their field who is only lighting with daylight, if you want to set yourself apart, then you want to learn lighting and lighting can completely transform your image and really take it next level. It'll sculpt the face, it'll lift the skin tones and you can control the light and it means that you're not relying on daylight. So you can only, when you're shooting in daylight, you can only work in certain times of the day. If it's cloudy, overcast, you can't shoot. So it um, it means that there, there is only so many opportunities that you can shoot. When you know how to light, you can be doing uh, these portraits at two o'clock in the morning. It doesn't matter because you know how to light and you can have consistency in your lighting. So uh, if you're a Goldie, there's I've put some links in the show notes to uh, the, so, some really good introduction uh, tutorials to lighting, uh, including... Uh, how to do how to take portraits using window light, how to create split and Rembrandt lighting using daylight and artificial lighting, and also how to find garage lighting. So I'll put those links in the show notes. Yeah, that'd all, be great. All right, so uh, next step, Val, is focus, most important. Mm. So you must always focus on the eyes when you're taking a portrait and it's important that you nail that focus and and uh, get it bang on because there is nothing worse than a portrait where the eyes are out of focus or just out of focus. All right. Mm. So uh, if you go back and if you haven't heard this podcast episode, EP 205, How to Master Autofocus on DSLR and Mirrorless Cameras is a really good one that covers um, 
everything you need to know about how the camera's autofocus works because often the mistake people make when they're focusing is just not quite understanding how the camera itself actually focuses and it can be frustrating. I know I found it so frustrating when I was learning to uh, use my camera that I kept missing focus or I would do everything right and the image would still be out of focus. So this episode uh, covers uh, all of that if you haven't had It's worth having another listen to as well. Mm, Great. So that's episode 205. Yeah. All right. So next one, Val, energy and attitude. And this, I think, is the X factor. It's the next level of your portrait because without that, your portrait is going to look flat. So the energy or attitude of the photographer or the subject? Both. But it's the uh obviously the subject has to look animated and uh smiling authentically and have like a beautiful energy that they present in that photo. Now a lot of people when they're being photographed put on photo face and photo face is where you smile and your teeth like your mouth's doing all the right movements. It's like, this is a smile, but because most people live in their heads, they're as they're smiling at the camera, they're thinking, I hope I look good in this photo. I wonder if I left the iron on at home. How many calories are there in a jar of Nutella? Uh, it's a lot actually, by the way, I've looked at it. It's It's a hideous amount, Valerie. It's just so sad that something's so good uh people live in their head and so what you think is actually reflected on your eyes so the job of the photographer is to get the portrait sitter out of their head now when I did your headshots we actually did an episode where we talked about this Uh, what did I keep saying to you um Stay with me. And you're going, I don't understand what you're saying. No. And I pointed it out. I said, you're in your head, Valerie. And I know you've got a lot on in your life. You're doing, you know, biennales and uh, writing 400 (laughs) books and you're presenting at the United Nations and all the stuff that you do, right? (laughs) TED Talks. And so all of this is going through your mind, right? Uh And that's the even – you know, anyone has got stuff going on. And also, if you're not used to being in a photo studio or having your photo done, you're automatically going to go in your head. So the photographer needs to recognize that and inject that energy. So there are lots of techniques that you can get people out of their head and in the room with you. So what I like to do is just have a dialogue with the with the with the person, there are little things like even like the most basic technique that I use, and it's anyone can do this, is when they're looking at you, you ask them to, you set up the head in the angle that you want them, and, and then just before you take the shot, you say, okay, just with your eyes, just look, glance to your left or right, whatever is more comfortable, and then eyes back to me. And in doing that, you take away that sort of frozen photo face look in the eyes and it gives fresh eyes. And that's just a really simple technique to help keep the, uh, keep the model in the room with you. I do other visualizing techniques where I'll get them to think of a story just to get them 
back in their body and back in their room. And that's so important. And that, that adds that, that, that energy and the sparkle in the eyes and making sure that when they smile, it's real. It's not a photo smile. Yeah. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. All mm-hmm. right. So finally, uh, post-production, and I think this is so important to an image mm. and it really makes it stand out from all the other images. Again, if you're a beginner, even little basic editing can lift a portrait uh, and take it next level. So even like removing colour casts or brightening skin tone can make a huge difference. So making sure that you do edit your images uh, as a minimum when you're shooting, even if you don't know what to do with raw files, always make sure that you set your camera to raw and JPEG. So if you've just started listening to us and you're not really sure what, what this raw file means, just do this for me. You'll thank me in about six months. Set your camera to shoot raw and JPEG. When you download the files, store the raw files on a separate hard drive because you'll come back to them and want to retouch them down the track when you learn how to process those images. The JPEG quality of the camera, make sure you set that to uh, portrait mode and your camera will actually do the processing for you. And that, that is a good start. Next level to that is if you're into Lightroom, you can get a lot of uh, one-click presets. Now, if you subscribe to the newsletter, every month I give away a free Lightroom preset and basically you upload your image, click on it with this preset and it's it's edited and there's like lots and lots and lots of different styles that you can do. And this is how I learned how to edit in Lightroom by looking at these presets and then reverse engineering. I'm going to look at the preset and I go, wow, I really like that effect. What has actually happened here? And then you can look at all the sliders and go, oh, okay, the blacks have been slid to the right or the, the, it, it's the shadows. And you can go, all right, so what happens if I move this slider and what happens if I move that? And suddenly you've managed to work out a style that, that you actually like. So that's a really basic way to get into post-production. And then from there, I think if you're naturally curious, you want to get, you're going to want to take your photography next level and start to develop those post-production skills. So, uh, and, and, and there's lots you can do from there. So that's basically my thought process, seven steps to creating the perfect portrait. And it's more about why you're taking those steps. And I I think you can see that there really is, it's finding those subtle visual cues and basically it's what is it that you're trying to say with this image? Yeah, love it. I think these are great. Seven simple steps to create the perfect portrait. So let us know what you think. If you're not already in the uh, podcast listener community on Facebook, then do join us. It's free to join. Just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community and request to join. We'd love to have you in there. In the meantime, Gina, what are you doing in the coming week? All right, so I'm working on a new show at the moment. So that's fun and exciting. Uh, So in post-production for that, I'll be continuing on... uh, What do you mean by a new show? A new TV show. It's not like my own. Okay, so you're... (laughs) I thought you're going to be like the new Kardashians. (laughs) 
I did get asked once, you know. Thank God. Oh Can you God. imagine? <laughs> so you are doing stills for no, this the prime, TV the show. publicity oh, and promo. promos. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so okay. working on that, and also continuing to work on this headshot course, and just about uh, to head out for some Japanese now. Val, what about nice. you? Uh, I'm having steak for dinner. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> but um, I am – well, I have a big deadline because I'm writing a book. Yeah, well, of course you book, are. Of course. And that is due in the next week. Mm. And so I'm going to be head down, bum up, busy writing, writing, writing. And that book is called So You Want to Be a Writer. Of course. <laughs> and is that before you speak at the United Nations or after? <laughs> no United Nations. No. I am speaking at something which is quite big, but I'm not allowed to announce it till the 19th of March, so we'll have to wait for that. Right. So, Teaser? Go. God. Oh, I think you I'm might not already ask know, you off air. <laughs> I'm not allowed to say it out loud in oh, yeah. public, but okay. I will be able to soon. Anyway, where do we find you online, Gina? So ginamilitia.com, that's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. All social media, find me at Gina Militia. I'm in the podcast Facebook group and if you want to connect with me in person and take your photography to the next level, I'd love to work with you. Uh, check out the gold community. Just go to my website, ginamilitia.com and click on join the community. What about you, Val? You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram and also at ValerieKoo.com. In the meantime, have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And we look forward to cat well, not catching you. <laughs> we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Wanna Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com. 